97.9 The Hill, WCHL, and the UNC Hustman School of Journalism and Media present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC journalism professor, Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus. Our topic today, the tremendous uncertainty surrounding college football in 2020. Our guest, Gary Stoken, CEO and president of the Peach Bowl. He runs the kickoff series, which is supposed to include Carolina versus Auburn in the kickoff game. So the big question, Gary, uh, is supposed to include, what do you think? Are you a betting man? Well, I'm probably the most optimistic person you know, Charlie. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, wishing, and praying and thinking, and we're planning on playing all three games, which has never been done in college football history to have three games in a week. Uh, so we're planning on West Virginia, Florida State on September 5th, Georgia, Virginia on September 7th, and then North Carolina, Auburn on the 12th. All right, so in normal times, I could see your staff going, Gary, are you crazy? And now, so we're going to still try to do this, right, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic. So it's like, Gary, are you crazy? Well, that, that has not been a question by them. <laughs> they know that I'm crazy. So uh, they thought I was crazy scheduling three games, and then with the challenge, it, it held – uh, and putting on three games in a week. But now with uh, COVID-19 on top of it, we have spent a lot of time modeling and preparing different scenarios for everything that would go on. But, uh, you know, to keep things in perspective, we're blessed to have the opportunity. We're in business, and uh, hopefully we can bring some entertainment to some people uh, around the country. There are a lot of people suffering from losing jobs and being furloughed and losing their businesses and not having their health. So perspective wise, we're a little crazy and putting on three games in this day and time, but it's uh, it's a challenge we accept and hopefully we can uh, do so. All right. Uh, I would like to give our uh, listeners just a little bit of a background about you, Gary, before we continue the conversation. Uh, went to NC State, played basketball there. We're going to try for the next 20 minutes, not to hold that against you. Uh, <laughs> Just went in or just about to go into the Atlanta Hall of, Sports Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think that's a credit to uh, my staff and my board and all our volunteers. They've uh, just done a tremendous job. We've been blessed to be in a great city to, uh, to do the things we've been able to do and hosting major sporting events through the Atlanta Sports Council years, through the College Football Hall of Fame, and through uh, uh, the Peach Bowl. So, it's a credit to a lot of people, and uh, we're certainly blessed to, uh, to have been given the recognition. I'd, I'd like to also know what your first reaction was, your first thought, when you heard that the Big Ten and the Pac-12, not involved in your games, those two conferences are not involved, but you know, are they the bellwether for what's going to happen with the other conferences? When you first heard they're going conference only, what was your first thought? Yeah, good question, Charlie. It was it was a little bit of frustration because I know that uh, the Power Five conference commissioners have been on daily phone calls and working together collectively uh, and collaborating quite uh, successfully. And then to have the Big Ten step out 
a little bit early, I thought, to make their decision. Obviously, they have that right and uh, certainly can do whatever they desire. But uh, I thought uh, it would have been better off if people would have done things collectively together and probably waited like the ACC, Big 12, and SEC are uh, to gain as much data and as much information as they can to make an educated decision. And, and whether that decision at the end of July by those three conferences to go conference only games as well uh, would keep us from doing any of our kickoff games. But I just think we need to uh, analyze the data and information and, and work together and work collaboratively in decision-making process. So I'm happy to see the ACC, SEC, Big 12 doing that particularly in light to your point that we have all three of those conferences, at least one representative of those conferences playing in our, our kickoff game series. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking with Gary Stoken of the, uh, the Peach Bowl and the kickoff, college football kickoff series. So, Gary, you mentioned that if the other conferences were to go to conference only, there's the possibility of conference plus one. Uh, I'll ask you to explain that to our listeners. Is there no possibility of conference plus two that would uh, allow your games to proceed? Yeah, I think there's uh, multiple scenarios that the conference offices are looking at with their ADs. Uh, one of those scenarios is obviously conference-only games, which would uh, allow the conferences to uh, really model uh, their protocols and their testing models um, and regulate those, which makes a lot of sense. It would also provide flexibility in the, uh, their schedules so that should there be cancellations, they could schedule those games. And even if they needed to uh, push back their conference championship game a, a, a week or two, uh, for canceled games during the season to reschedule those. I think in a conference one model, it would be play your conference schedule in the case of the ACC, eight games, so that you can have somebody represent your, uh, uh, your conference, hopefully in the college football playoff at the end of the year, selected by the CFP selection committee. And you would add one game beyond your conference schedule of a power five game. Um, this comes into play with uh, four of the ACC and SEC athletic directors who want to play their rivalry games. So you've got Kentucky and Louisville, you've got South Carolina Clemson, you've got Georgia, Georgia Tech, and you've got Florida, Florida State. Um, so those four games, and then you've got you know, games like NC State, Mississippi State, Auburn versus North Carolina in our game. Uh, you've got Texas versus LSU. So the idea would be to play your conference schedule of eight games plus one game. And then the next model would be conference plus two games. So you could play, uh, you know, two conference games. I'm sorry, two non-conference games along with your eight-game conference schedule. Um, and that would allow for um, teams to play as many games as, as possible, still have the flexibility, still help their CFP rankings, um, and still have some open weeks to uh, schedule uh, cancellation games should they happen during the season. So those are kind of the three models that people are working off of. 
And then the last model, obviously, is playing your whole schedule. I think there's some uh, uh, trepidation there because uh, I think the conferences are a little concerned about the testing models for the players. Um, would the group of five or some of the non-conference games, schools, be able to have testing in place similar to what an ACC, let's say, conference would have in place? All right, so let's uh, take number three off, off the board for just a moment just to discuss the other two. If the, the best case scenario for you sounds like it would be conference plus two, but even with that one, we're talking about a shortened season, it seems. Yeah, conference plus two would work for us. Uh, we could even make conference plus one work, and we've provided some feedback to the conferences uh, about that as well. If a conference plus one would occur, we would lose Florida State uh, because they would have to play Florida. Uh, we would lose Georgia because they would have to play Georgia Tech. And so what we would do is we would take West Virginia, who is scheduled to play Florida State, and Virginia, who is scheduled to play Georgia, and put them together in a game on Monday night, September 7th, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium on ESPN in primetime. And then obviously we would be able to keep the Auburn-North Carolina game the next week uh, as scheduled. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the Auburn-Alabama game because that's an in-conference game. That's right. So that North doesn't, that doesn't affect State, you. North Carolina's rival, you know, um, is, is in conference, just like Auburn's uh, rival is in conference. So to be able to play Auburn, North Carolina, which to me is going to be one of the best games of the season because you're talking about two top 20 teams, great coaches with Mac Brown and Gus Melzahn, uh, really, really good quarterbacks, young quarterbacks uh, who are probably two of the brightest quarterbacks in the country right now with Bo Nix and uh, with uh, Sam Howe at North Carolina. So that would be a blockbuster game that would um, really have a lot to say about uh, the CFP chances for uh, those two schools. I did want to ask you about Howell specifically, but then uh, about the matchup with, with Nick's as well. Uh, for people like me, who are dying to see some college football this fall. What kind of a matchup would that be? Yeah, I mean, North Carolina and Auburn are going to both be ranked in the top 20. You know, we, we would have uh, sold out that game easily with uh, 72,000 people in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And, and that's something that, you know, unfortunately, um, we won't have the opportunity to fill the stadium we're more than likely going to have, if we're allowed fans, you know, probably somewhere in that 25% capacity level. Um, we've modeled for that. We've modeled for 30% and we've modeled for 50%. Um, and unfortunately, we would have, in three games, probably done an economic impact of $100 million. And tra that translates to about $7.5 million back into the local community which during this day and time is, is needed by our hospitality industry. Um, but the game, I think, would be highly rated, uh, you know, TV-wise from a viewership perspective. And um, you'd see, I think, the, uh, a Knicks or a Howe really take center stage nationally 
with competing against a top 20 team and having success. Uh, I think they'd really uh, take their name and their, their reputation to another level if they won the game and, and played successfully and, and played well. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking with Gary Stoken about the kickoff series and about college football in general. Uh, Gary, I wonder, you know, we talked about the seating capacity and obviously with social distancing and what have you, you won't be able to, to fill the stadium, although you would be able to based on uh, interest, but you can't fill it based on safety. Uh, I, I wanted to get back to the shortened season and bowl eligibility. I know uh, if you could help me understand this and maybe help our, our listeners understand it. So the, the NCAA is going to allow uh, schools to count two victories against qualifying FBS teams. But if you're in a conference plus one or even a conference plus two, how could you possibly play any of those FBS teams? Well, yeah, that's only uh, for those conferences that play against uh, FCS schools and have them on their schedule. Uh, there's 43 bowl games scheduled for this season, and uh, a lot of the, the group of five conferences, they have FCS schools on their, their uh, non-conference schedule. So uh, what the NCAA has done is say to bowl games and, and to the universities, uh, we will allow eligibility of two FCS wins where normally they only allow one win to count in your bowl um, schedule. So uh, we have to fill up the bowl games obviously and with a shortened schedule, like we've been talking about, if you just did an eight game conference schedule, they would allow two uh, wins in those cases for those group of five conferences uh, that you could use FCS uh, wins. So uh, that, that was primarily, it, it wasn't necessarily any benefit to the power five uh, because I think in the power five, I don't know that they'd play an FCS school in any of the scenarios in the scheduling that we've talked about, whether it be uh, obviously it wouldn't be in conference only, and I don't think it would be in conference plus one or conference plus two. Yeah, so it's, that's very unlikely to arise for power five teams. That's right. Okay, that, all right. So now I understand that a little bit better. Um, so, Gary, we have about a minute and a half left. And I wanted you to reflect for just a moment, if you would, about your time with Adidas and how <laughs> that time has uh, been brought back to your memory with the airing of the documentary series, The Last Dance. Well, it crushed me watching that. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the story. Michael Jordan, uh, I, I gave him Adidas shoes uh, to wear in the Olympic trials at uh, Indiana with Bobby Knight being the coach. He loved Adidas um, and Michael didn't want to go to Nike. He wanted to wear Adidas. And so, uh, his mother talked him into flying out to Beaverton, Oregon, meeting with Nike. He came back. He and I met on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill on the stone wall there across from Four Corners. We were drinking a Coca-Cola. And he's, I was probably 26, 27, something like that. 
And Michael said, uh, Mr. Stoken, I love you and I love your product. Uh, I'd like to go with Adidas. If you guys can get close on the shoe deal, the annuity, the poster program, the apparel, the car, et cetera, that Nike was offering. And uh, I had uh, previously signed Herschel Walker to Adidas contract. I had signed Mike Krzyzewski when he came from Army to Duke. So I had arguably signed the greatest college football player ever, and I'd signed the greatest basketball coach ever, and uh, had Michael Jordan ready to sign with us. And unfortunately, the, I wrote up a three-page uh, proposal to Adidas uh, headquarters in Herzegonaro, West Germany. The wall was still up. And uh, they got back and said, we don't have that kind of money to put in the U.S. market right now. It's two and a half million dollars which was a lot of money at that time. And Nike, if you read Shoe Dogs by Phil Knight, his book, Nike was in the red big time. They were bordering on bankruptcy because they couldn't find a bank to fund them. And, um, you know, unfortunately we didn't sign Michael and uh, he signed with Nike and first year in Chicago, he sold $126 million worth of Air Jordan products, which put Nike back in the black. And if we'd have signed him, we probably would have put Nike out of business. Uh, currently, Michael and, and the Jordan brand is about a $3 billion business for Nike. And uh, it crushed me watching uh, that because I knew Michael could play. I knew he was going to be a star. I knew he was going to be a great person, which he proved to be all of those things. And Adidas missed out, unfortunately. I didn't have the strength probably in business to force the issue. Uh, but I, I regret that I didn't. It's my biggest regret in business because uh, who knew whether Mike was going to be that great and do all the things that he did, but I knew he was going to be very successful. Um, I saw him a year or two later after that when he went to the Bulls in, in Bahamas where he ran his golf tournament. And as my wife and daughters were walking through the casino in the hotel to go to dinner, uh, my daughters, who were about 8 and 10, saw Michael over in the corner by a cigar shop. And uh, they said, there's Michael Jordan. I said, yeah, it is. Let's walk over. So we walked over, and he had Charles Oakley, Charles Barkley, and Ahmad Rashad with him because they were playing in his golf tournament down there in the Bahamas. And he told the story to those guys. He put me in a headlock and gave me a bear hug. And, and uh, he told the story I just told you, but only at the end. He told Barkley, Rashad, and uh, Oakley, he said, this is the hardest working man in sports business. He said, but he didn't think I could play, and that's why he didn't sign me. So <laughs> he stuck a dagger in my heart. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's hope you can make up for some of that hurt by pulling off a successful kickoff series this year. Well, I, I appreciate that, Charlie, and I hope uh, everybody will continue to wear masks, social distance, and wash your hands, and Hopefully we can get over this uh, COVID-19 to where we can play college football and everybody stay safe and healthy. And that does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Gary Stoken. Thanks also to producer Chip Sweeney. And as always, thanks to you for listening. Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is a service of UNC's Hussman School of Journalism and Media.